Welcome back to the Health Freak Podcast. This is episode number three. And first, I just want to give you guys a big thank you for listening, for supporting me, and for sending me feedback and messages. It really means a lot to me to know that you're liking the show so far because I'm so excited about it. And I just think it's such a fun way for me to talk about health and wellness on a different platform, a bigger platform, and to be able to talk with amazing people in this field that I probably wouldn't normally be able to reach. So thank you so much for that. So today I am talking with somebody who is so amazing in the field of women's health, Celine Bilgin, and we met in a Facebook group and she was so cool and kind to come on the show. And guys, you're gonna love this one. We talk about so much stuff. We go from you know PMS, periods, things like that, all the way through menopause. We talk about chakras and energy and so many things. And the cool thing is that in Celine's work, she really wants to help women be able to assess their bodies, assess their health, assess their life, and be able to help themselves. So, you know, a lot of time as women, we have these issues that we just can't figure out. You know, we're put on birth control or we're told we have one condition and it may be something different. And a lot of times it can be really confusing and we don't know where to start sometimes to look at our own life. And so Selena's is here to help. And this was such an amazing, informative, insightful, and fun conversation. So let me introduce you to Celine. So she is a certified holistic nutritionist, a certified health coach, a speaker, and founder of Luscious Living. And so in her business, she helps women through coaching and consulting to lose weight, but not only lose weight, she helps them to balance their hormones naturally through the power of nutrition and lifestyle. And she also helps women to unlock their confidence, to really step into their power and become the vibrant, amazing women that they were meant to be, which I think is so amazing because sometimes it does take somebody else to help us realize all those things and to help us help ourselves, you know, because when we always rely on old ways or medicine, it can be confusing when it may not always be what's right for us. So we're going to talk about so many topics in this episode, and I know you guys are going to love it. So enjoy this chat. And as always, if you do love it, I would so appreciate you going on Apple Podcasts and leaving me ratings, reviews, comments, all that good stuff, because it does really support me and help me grow on this platform. And if you are listening, please go on Instagram, take a screenshot, share it, tag me. I want to know, you know, who's listening. I want to know how you're liking it and all that good stuff. So let me stop talking now and we'll get right into this episode. Enjoy my chat with Celine Bilgin. Celine, thank you so much for being here. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself, tell us what you do, a little bit about yourself. Go yeah, forward. I'd love to. Thank you for having me here. I'm thrilled Definitely. to be with you and serve your community. Um, yeah. So yes, like you said, my name is Celine, and I am a holistic nutritionist. I work primarily around women and hormone health, as well as weight release. They are very intricately connected. And I live in Calgary, Alberta. I am in the mountains part-time when I'm not working and curled up. And yeah, I absolutely love what I do and serving women, especially around their, um, their periods as well, and making... Uh, more awareness around how we can love and actually enjoy our, our cycles. I love that. It's like, 
it's new to me to see this. And like aside from you, I'm seeing other people in this field that are trying to educate women on these topics. And it's so important because as women, I feel like we're in the dark so much. Like we don't know like what's going on. And then we just say, oh, it's hormones. Like what does that even mean, you know? And it's cool that you're a nutritionist and also that you focus on women's uh, health and women's hormones because I feel like they're so connected. So how did you get into all this? Yeah, so, oh gosh, of course my own stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's how it always is, right? (laughs) So I was one of those kids that I skipped gym class all throughout school. Like I barely passed. I hated any form of exercise. I used to have hyperhidrosis, which is excessive sweating. I was so nervous. And this is when I'm in junior high. Mm -hmm. And if you talk to me, I would turn bright red. I um, yo-yo dieted as as long as I can remember, I was always on some sort of diet. I always just thought I was overweight. And um, and so really my whole life, um, up until really I was educated in nutrition, I was always yo-yo dieting. I, in university, had a very um, secretive, as they always usually are, eating disorder. Um, I was bulimic and everyone, you know, I remember coming back from one summer, my family is Turkish and I would go, uh, I went to a summer vacation there and I came back and everyone was complimenting me left, right and center. You look amazing. You lost weight. And it's not like I was overweight in the first place, but I remember at that point thinking, I am dying on the inside and people are complimenting me on my weight loss. And so, and I saw the same thing happen when my father passed away and my, my parents were very much um, in love and when he passed my mom had a very difficult time and she had also lost a lot of weight because she was drinking a bottle of wine smoking a pack of cigarettes just to get by and people were telling her you look amazing and I'm thinking this woman is dying right now and people are telling her that she looks great and again she was never overweight she just looked like she was a bag of bones yeah and so so many other things on my own journey when I was 16, I had insomnia and just the the line between reality and non-reality was very blurry and I was put on sleeping pills. And I thought to myself, why aren't you asking me what I'm eating, if I'm exercising, who I'm spending my time with? And at that moment, I really started to open up that health was so much more than, than what we were taught, you know what I mean, than like a certain way that we looked. Mm-hmm. And so that really all has led me to the journey of where I am today and getting educated and really understanding my body, understanding that PMS does not have to be a thing. We're just taught as women that it's this curse of being a woman. Like it just sucks that week. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. That's really in a nutshell how I got yeah. to where I am today. So you started becoming aware of, I guess, uh, like lifestyle factors in your health pretty young I think compared to like a lot of people I was already like in my late 20s before I started to really put the pieces together and I remember seeing so many of my friends I've been lucky to not have like massive PMS symptoms like I was never but I had so many friends who were like staying home from school curled up in the bathtub you know heating packs and just crying and miserable and I'm just like I remember wondering like well why are they like this and not me I guess I'm lucky sucks for them but like yeah, you know, there's so many things that 
that go into that. So let's start with your nutrition. Why don't you explain to us like how you approach your nutrition and like holistic nutrition and what that is and, you know, everything that that entails. Yeah, I'd love to. So holistic nutrition looks at every area of our life. I not only when I have a client look at, of course, what she's eating, but to be honest, a lot of the clients I attract are eating pretty darn well in the first place. Okay, and so with holistic, I look at, okay, how do you feel about your career? Is it actually moving you forward to where you want to go? What about your relationships, your primary relationships? Do you need to have more girl time? Do you need to um, be in a relationship that is more supportive? I look at um, the chakras as well and, and, and really incorporate all areas of life, as well as, of course, the physical of water. Can we improve every area? Can we have it um, filtered instead of tap water? Can we have it um, a few things more organic, for example, and really look at that so that people live an incredible life overall? Because mm -hmm. how I work with clients is that our symptoms are simply a message from our body, from our spirit, if you will, to get back into some sort of alignment. And yeah. um, that's how I, that's how I do yeah. the holistic piece of it. Yeah. And I think um, it's so important to approach it like that because so often in our like culture, I guess, or society, we think of health as, or a lot of people, I won't say everybody, but thinks of health as your weight and that's it. It's yeah. like, get to a healthy weight, you're healthy. You can be, I mean, I was a healthy weight struggling with digestive issues and all of a sudden started gaining weight, like training hard and eating the same and eating healthy, quote unquote. And I was anything but healthy. Like, you know what I mean? I was a healthy weight, but not healthy at all. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people you work with are eating healthier and they're probably coming to you because they're like, well, something's wrong and she's going to dive in and figure it out. Exactly. That a lot of time people go to a doctor and like, well, my tests are normal. I go to a naturopath even and like just give me a bunch of supplements and really getting to the root of it. And we can be at that healthy weight, but then if our skin is not looking a certain way or our elimination, digestion, sleep, like there are so many facets to health. Yeah. That, yeah. And that, that's where we dive in. Yeah. And so do you work primarily with women? I do. I have not actually worked with any men yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. I was just talking to a friend. He's like, you know, men have hormones too. And I'm like, no, they do. But like women's <laughs> bodies are so complicated. Like it yeah. takes like a whole separate science to understand. Like that's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. I'm, I would love to. And just like, it takes a lot of focus to really get deep with women in that way. So definitely. And there's so much to look at. Yeah. So when it comes to like your clients, do you end up like getting into hormones and hormone health with them most of the time? Like you start uncovering hormone imbalances as like a, a reason maybe for their weight loss problems or anything like that? Yeah. So actually you said it in um, just a minute ago is digestion. It really does start with yeah. digestion. And a lot of people have that um, not fully optimized in the first place. And that's where it all starts. Yeah. You know, and so what, and actually, so people come to me with hormone stuff, but that's really where we work on is gut health, especially because that helps everything else flourish. Of course. Yeah. And like gut health is like probably the most important factor of our health, yeah. like for anyone, man, woman, no yeah. matter what, because gut health, 
can present itself or poor gut health can present itself in so many ways that we don't even think of. It's not just like digestive issues. It's like skin and sleep and like so oh, many things. Allergies, arthritis, yeah. our autoimmune conditions as well, because it really does. If you, if you look at the stem of it, like uh, brain fog, for example, or yeah. allergies, it's called, it's in the health world. Maybe you've even heard of it or some of the guests it's leaky, uh, leaky lungs for asthma, for example, yeah, or, yeah. you know what I mean? And so it, it really does stem and we could, I think medication is really, really helpful. Like if you have an inhaler, for example, it's just not a long-term solution. It's great short-term. It really is. It helps yeah. no one's ever used an inhaler, for example. But if you go to the gut, that's where it all begins. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I know I was like one of these kids with my brother makes fun of me constantly. I was just... <laughs> sniffling and runny eyes and nose my out al- I couldn't even step outside in the spring oh. or summer like the worst allergies ever really? my family would make fun of me like crazy and when I got older and I started like being serious about my health um my like activity and just you know fitness and and eating well I don't have allergies whatsoever I mean I'm allergic to cats and I don't know if that'll ever go away <laughs> but yeah I mean I never have seasonal allergies now and that is like one of the reasons for me why I became obsessed with all this stuff. That's One of the many reasons. So what are um, some of the most common issues that you see like um, with women and their hormones? Yeah, so I see a lot of excess estro- estrogen. Mm. And so that manifests as PMS, um, mood swings, breast tenderness, bloating, um, weepiness, all of that kind of stuff, okay, and mm-hmm. so and an and ability to lose weight as well. That's a big thing. Um, I always see excess cortisol as well, and you can see that as abdominal fat, um, and then just being like really dipping in energy in the afternoon um, as well, and really using coffee and sugar to constantly stimulate that. And then we actually have. Um, cortisol not working is just the same thing as like diabetes for example the same thing happens with cortisol it's just when when it doesn't um keeps being ignored then it not does not produce as much and then uh, our adrenals go into a fatigue and i see that a lot with women where no matter what they just can't get the engines going again um low progesterone which also plays with high estrogen so uh, progesterone helps to maintain the uterine lining and so it helps to also regulate our cycle a lot of women have irregular cycles low progesterone they're feeling more cranky and anxious as progesterone also helps to calm us Um, those are the biggest things and then like sub categories would be thyroid hormone and that honestly comes from excess cortisol as well and a lot Mm -hmm. of the um, and then we have insulin resistance, things like that. But really, it stems from cortisol, really. Yeah, the stress yeah. hormone. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. And and one thing, too, as um, women, we grow older is that our sex hormones end up being produced in the, in the kidneys and the adrenals, sorry, uh, adrenal glands instead of our ovaries. And so if we're living a high stress life, we're going to have more challenges during perimenopause and menopause because cortisol is the building block of our sex hormones. So if their body is producing um, our, our cortisol instead for our survival, it's going to forget about, not forget, but not going to have supply for estrogen and progesterone. And right. so that's why we see women um, in these crazy busy lifestyles 
right, in, in North America, and then having to go on hormone, hormone replacement therapy at a much younger age, um, and just like not being as radiant as we're meant to be. Yeah. So what do you think is a big factor in these like imbalances, stress mostly? Or stress life, a- other lifestyle? Yeah, so a lot of the time I I see, I work with a lot of moms. They are amazing moms, amazing wives. And when it comes to themselves, it's just like picking the scraps of their kids or sometimes even like hey, everyone else has a lunch or snacks for the day and then the mom get gets left out. And then there's really no time for pleasure. And pleasure, and I'm just not talking about the bedroom, but just life, like sipping that coffee and taking yeah whatever that looks like. And so our body is in this constant go, go, go mode. Um, I also think because of our the amount of xenoestrogens, so these mimic estrogen, uh, estrogen and they bind to our estrogen, estrogen receptors in our body. And this is from plastic water bottles, microwaving plastic foods, a lot of our skincare products. And so, you know, the FDA will say, okay, this is not harmful substance, let's say phthalates, but then we use these products every single day in our shampoo and our soap and our uh, makeup. And so that adds to the hormone imbalance as well. And if you ever see men with like man boobs, that's also estrogen. Yeah. So that's a big factor as well. And that's good to point out because I feel like men don't realize that they actually have estrogen sometimes. Totally. Yeah. And women have testosterone. Yeah. um, Then there's also actually to go back I have a lot of clients come to me with PCOS. Right. Some of them have higher testosterone. Um, and as you said, m- men have estrogen, women have testosterone as well. But if it's an excess in women, that also becomes a problem. Do you see PCOS a lot? I think um, from what I hear, um, I feel like everybody has PCOS. I feel like it's diagnosed to like almost every woman with any sort of issue. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, I mean, you tell me, do you think... Sometimes it's misdiagnosed or it shows up as, as it looks like that, but it's really something else. Really good question, Kelly. Um, yeah, so because some of th- sometimes it's a mystery. Like, mm. ah, we don't know, so we're just going to tell you a PCOS, put you on the pill. That does solve temporarily some challenges for women. Um, PCOS is a complex challenge. Some, some of it comes from blood sugar imbalance. Some of it comes from after using the pill for so many years. Yeah. Some of them is excess testosterone. Um, some of them is adrenal dysregulation as well. So there's so many pieces to it. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, they all have, they all need to be supported with adrenals and blood sugar balance. It's a big thing. Yeah. So, um, what are some recommendations you give as far as maybe diet or, or, you know, even like rest and relaxation and meditation, anything that women can use to kind of heal themselves naturally? Totally. So I find that, um, and this is where I, this, this is going to be very general. And the thing is, it's so important to have something very specific because that's why I think there's so many diet books out there. And yeah. although we have so much information, people end up being like, oh, cool, intermittent fasting or it's keto or it's vegan diet, whatever yeah. it is. And then going in this whole other like spiral in a different way. But some common 
foundational non-sexy protocols because that's a thing i don't you know i wish i could be like oh yeah this is the new thing but it's, it's yeah sometimes it's like those really again non-sexy non-marketed yeah tools that do work and so um i especially if someone has hormone balance i do recommend having a higher protein breakfast and that could be um eggs it could be a protein shake it could be tempeh quinoa is a whole protein as well having that um a big thing i love is adding frozen cauliflower in smoothies this will really mm, yeah help. i love that yeah if you have um and to add more sulforaphane in the the body which is really going to help with estrogen detox um adding more fiber a lot of women and men need more fiber most people i think 100 percent in in the world i mean uh, we get like yeah. minimal if that fiber that's that's exactly it and like yeah in the cereal box it's marketed like high in fiber course, right and that's, yeah and that's the thing so I, I actually have a background in marketing and a lot of things are marketed and i think that's why people don't really believe in like something is organic or natural because it, it can be like oh gluten-free it's like no that's just marketing some of it is some of it is not yeah. so going back to that um, having more fiber, this could be pears, quinoa, stale cut oats, apples, figs, whatever it is, chia seeds, flax seeds, and that's why I don't like, I don't really go with any sort of typical diet. Like, yes, having low carb, but that could just mean like not having muffins every day, right? right. So, uh, having more fiber, water. Most people I talk to are dehydrated, filtered yeah. water because if people flush Advil or birth control down the toilet, it does come back into our water systems. And don't get me wrong, we are blessed that most parts of North America, we can turn on the tap and drink water. So mm -hmm. that's something. Um, also making sure that we have fermented foods in our diet. This is something that we've seen across different cultures. Um, so this could be kimchi, miso, sauerkraut, uh, pickles, but make sure that you get it from the refrigerated section and not the aisle because that's already pasteurized. It doesn't have oh, any- that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I recently learned that to look for unpasteurized sauerkraut. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And this is amazing because it helps to also produce GABA, which is our anti-anxiety neurotransmitter. Helps to produce serotonin, which makes us right. feel good. It's also a byproduct of melatonin, which helps, helps us sleep. Then we have yeah. more people anxious than ever before, and we're having less fermented foods than ever. Well, actually not ever because there's more of a... Um, a more of a surgeons and i do get a question this kombucha okay yes in small quantities still higher in sugar if you're going to have it have a pair of walnuts or almonds whatever to balance yeah. uh blood sugar or even like sometimes i'll take kombucha just because i like the taste but i'll like dilute it a little bit totally i mean i'll just maybe like if it comes in that like 16 ounce bottle i'll do like maybe half it's very strong i don't you know it's a lot but i'll dilute it with some water um, yeah. And I started doing that when I like experienced digestive issues that didn't help, but I just ended up liking the taste. <laughs> I mean, I, I did a lot to, to, uh, fix my own problems, but that's just one tip that I like to tell people if they're going to drink kombucha too. And it just kind of like the taste is strong. So it kind of gets rid of that a little bit. Um, yeah, those are all such good tips. And like, it's so important to mention that you don't give like a diet because I feel like, especially as women, we're so focused on weight a lot of the time. And we think from what I've heard from women is like, oh, if I can lose weight, then my hormones would, would balance themselves out. But they don't realize that they're not losing weight because their hormones are out of balance. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's the thing. I think, you know, we get, we hear, and I get there's a certain level of physics. It's like calories in, calories out. But if that were so obvious and so simple, then why would, why are still people struggling with it? Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of it is hormones. So it's an imbalance in cortisol, which then would be leptin and ghrelin as well. Uh, estrogen, if you, if you see someone or if you have um, like more body weight on your, uh, hips and thighs, of course, it's a bit of genetics and it's also excess estrogen. And again, we talked about if it's in the abdomen, it's more cortisol. Mm -hmm. So it's hormone balance as well. And then also, this is something because it's something I had struggled with so much in my life. Um, I also really dove into the emotional aspect. Like, why do people emotionally eat? Why do people binge eat? Why do we go in this starving and restriction phase? Uh, what are some of the subconscious ways? Like, if we have a fear of, let's say if someone has had sexual trauma in the past and they were at a slimmer weight and then they ended up gaining weight later on because subconsciously maybe, oh, if I gain weight, I get to protect myself. And so if we have that, maybe we're not even fully aware but if we have that subconscious protection, then we're not going, we're going to maybe lose weight for a little bit and going some on some restrictive plan and then gain it back because we still don't feel safe. Right. So there's so much more than eating less and exercising more. Oh, yeah, you know? definitely. And again, I know that from experience because I, I had a baby a year ago and when I, right before that was when I had all my problems, my digestive problems and I moved. It was a very, very stressful time for me. Probably the most stressful time of my life. And like I said, nothing changed. Eating the same, training hard. I was competing in like strongman training and wow. doing all the cool stuff. But all of a sudden, I like just started gaining weight. I'm like, this is so weird. All of a sudden, I couldn't digest food. Like mm -hmm. I would eat food and regurgitate it. Like it yeah. was not. And I was eating like, honestly, I look back and I'm like, wow, I was eating a lot of like a lot of red meat, a lot of things that I don't eat meat now at all. Um, I'm definitely plant based now, which for me personally has after I had the baby, like new person, like I eat wow. so much more than I did before. And I haven't gained a single pound and I have like energy and a one year old drains you of energy. But it's <laughs> like you said before, like you have to take care of yourself. So like, I feed her, I feed myself, she takes a nap, I exercise, you know what I mean? So, yeah, all that is just so important. So something that I see, like, among even my family members, my sister, my niece, they're, they have all these problems they're constantly going to the gynecologist for. Mm -hmm. And it, they're just, like, beating their head against the wall with no answers. So what are some treatment plans you see, maybe, like, doctors? And no hate to doctors, of course, but no. sometimes we just, you know, nobody knows everything, I guess. So mm -hmm. what are some things you see that people are often prescribed or prescribed to do or take and you know do they work and why don't they help sometimes great question and yeah I just want to emphasize respect to doctors yeah, natural like everyone is needed in the puzzle um, and what doesn't work is those um, short-term solutions that are prescribed as long-term solutions like birth control right number one thing that people are prescribed when they have any sort of hormone balance um, in major cases, hysterectomies as well. Um, and so the thing is with birth control, a lot of women have experienced changes in mood, changes in body. And 
there's a lot more to it. Um, it also depletes some very essential B vitamins like B6, B12, um, folate as well. And so this affects our energy and mood. Um, and then it doesn't solve the problem long term. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, and then a lot of time, again, they're not told that these cause some nutri nutritional deficiencies. It also does not um, account for the digestive issues that it can solve. It depletes um, or it damages our intestinal lining as well. So we can be more susceptible to leaky gut and therefore allergies and brain fog, all of that. Yeah. I don't know the, the actual stats, maybe you do, but I, I think I read somewhere recently that I think half of women are on hormonal birth control for issues other than preventing pregnancy. It's like yeah. the ultimate band-aid for women. It is. I think. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying it's not going to help. Like, of course, like maybe your skin will clear up. But then, like you said, it doesn't solve the problem long term. So you come off and, you know, you have acne again. That's you know. the thing, and and birth control or acne is not a deficiency of of birth control pills. It's right, like exactly, you know, let's get to the source of it, and that does come with hormone, like depending. So our skin is, our our face is a map. So if we do have um, acne around our chin, it usually is hormone balance. Um, if it's around our forehead, it is around digestion as well. Um, I have a, a whole Instagram post where I have my face and I just like have the different charts of it, but. <laughs> Yeah, like, and that's the thing is when we understand our bodies and, and we're able to support ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it's my hope that women take it upon themselves to learn um, all this stuff. And you shouldn't, it's my opinion too, that you shouldn't have to earn a certification or go to medical school or anything to know how your own body works. That's, that's the thing. And that's the thing because I truly believe that be just on my own journey, the more issues that I had with my own self and my body, the more I was less likely to um, go and volunteer and go and do things that help other people. And the more that we're able to empower ourselves, the more confident we become, the more that we're able to become better mothers. And that changes the world, being a great present mom. Yeah. Um, then we're able to go out and get the job promotion or or find um, increase their value and, and date someone that reflects that or right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And birth control, from what I understand, ho hormonal birth control works directly with the brain, which works directly with the gut. Right. So it's just yeah. like this whole map of your body. And we don't realize how one thing affects the next. You know, my niece was on yeah. hormonal birth control and then she started having like all these other issues going from doctor to doctor, this and that. And I helped her at one point kind of clean up her diet and she wanted to lose weight. She lost weight. You know, she listened to everything I said. She lost weight. Her skin cleared up. She felt great. And then, you know, as she slips here and there, things start to come back. So it just, and I was just happy. Like, I mean, it sucks that she keeps going like, you know, for herself. I don't want her to feel like that. But I was happy that I could help somebody who was so young like realize what they're eating affects their digestion and their skin and you know and that's why I want to do this podcast and like Instagram and everything just because like I genuinely want to help like I hate to think that people go through like what you went through or me even though it was more mild like any issues when we don't understand our body 
Exactly. It's almost like, okay, the only people that are able to help us with our bodies or tell us anything is like these people in white coats. And that's why, again, we do these podcasts is we want women and men around the world to be like, okay, this is happening because X, Y, Z, and here is how I can support myself. Yeah. Yeah. And for women to be able to assess their, their whole life and think like, did I make any time for myself last week? That's very stressful. You know, it's yeah. stress is like the worst thing. You know, that's, that's the thing. And Kelly, I want to make a point on that. I actually just had a call with a client yesterday and she's talking about rage during her, um, her cycle or not just her cycle, but her period. And so here's the thing as women, if we're most intuitive and we need the most alone time during our bleeding time. And if we don't give ourselves that, that's when like that huge anger, that rage, irritation shows up. And yeah. if we're feeling any sort of weeping and sadness, crying for, um, now I don't say no reason because there is a reason, but if they don't know the reason, it's also because during ovulation, our body is either designed to create a baby or create a project, a gift, a create like something creative. Right. And if we're not feeding that part of ourselves, then we, our body literally mourns. And again, it feels like we don't know why. Yeah. And birth yeah. control actually is, is fake ovulation. So it's, it's like, and, and, and all of it. So it's breakthrough bleeding. It's not actually a real. It's not a real period. Yeah, exactly. And so we look at what are the consequences of this is naturally what happens women we are supposed to bleed and what happens when we don't we artificially eliminate that process what are the long-term effects of that you know yeah yeah i know for me when i have my period i need to be alone like you said and i need to be outside so i go and i need to be creative so i go outside in the backyard or just sit in the sun or do some yoga or meditate or do anything to kind of ground myself Mm. and it it definitely helps but the other thing that helps me is communicating with my fiance like okay yeah. please just take care of the baby for a little while yeah. because I really need to go be alone and I'm very lucky and he's like cool no problem I get it you know um I don't know not everyone is in that situation but like you were saying before taking your whole life into account in order to fix these problems exactly you know So you mentioned before, which I think is really interesting, the chakras, like getting into that. Mm -hmm. So how do you incorporate that into um, like, you know, getting into women's hormone problems? Yeah. So love this question. We have and this is um, based on thousands of year old um, texts and and people who are also clairvoyant. I'm not going to go into that realm, but. (laughs) We, we have an energy system. Um, we are, and, and acupuncture also shows this, our, our meridians. And so when I look at a woman and she's experiencing hormone challenges, that relates directly to our sacral chakra. Um, and that is, um, so it goes with our root and our sacral is the middle. So once we have the root chakra, which is about belonging, financial security, family, it's associated with the color red. Once we have that really rooted and grounded, and especially as women, the first three are the most important for really embodying our radiance and confidence. So then the sacral chakra is associated with pleasure, with sensuality, sexuality, creativity. And so, and then the the organs that it connects with is our, also our reproductive organs. 
um, and our hormones as well. And so mm. if a woman is not feeling her creativity enough or pleasure, we end up experiencing, like for example, PCOS. A lot of the time with PCOS clients, it's, it's very interesting how there is an aspect of stifled uh, unexpressed creativity. And so um, how I suggest my clients to embody and really start to engage their sacral chakra is with either um, wearing the color orange, orange makeup, orange jewelry, um, orange essential oils in the bath or in a diffuser, um, really going through some sort of creative, pro creative project. It could be dancing, it could be art, um, photography, whatever it is, really engaging in that. And a lot of the time there is that uh, woman with PCOS and a lot of us women, but I always ask like, what's that creative project or urge that you've been meaning to do that you haven't been there is always something yeah right yeah. and so Definitely. it's funny how that when that's engaged we start to see an overall um improvement as well and same with the solar plexus this comes with our confidence our boundaries and so um and a lot of time i would ask a client to do more abdominal exercises for example strengthening the core strengthening boundaries with ourselves with the people in our lives um, and then that increases confidence it's, it's amazing and actually yeah. I went to a biofeedback um, practitioner years ago and this is the first time I had ever done anything like this and they got hooked up um, with, with like this machine and I actually got to see which, and I always actually myself had struggled with the solar plexus chakra. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, I didn't say anything to this person, but I got hooked up and I got to see the visual of which chakras were um, misaligned. And the only one that was not was that my solar plexus was slightly off to the left. And I got yeah. to see the visual and I was like, what? That's, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Feedback. Yeah, a little off topic, but I've been trying to learn more about this too because I have a lot of friends who are who are into it, and I'm just like open to anything and everything. So, uh, if you find that one chakra is off, is it often? Is it like usually that most of them are off or out of alignment? You know, I find it depends on the person. I really do. Like, I for example, if someone struggles with thyroid issues, then that's related to our throat chakra. It's like, and I find that either with hypothyroidism, it's that women are not asking for what they need, not really speaking up. Um, and so and that could be the opposite of hyperthyroidism, where a woman is not really taking into account, and I'm generalizing, obviously, right. not taking into account how her voice could be hurting other people um, or speaking, whether it's untruth or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. so really um, that, could, that could be something. But if I feel like it, if you have challenges in different areas, could mean that other chakras are not aligned um recommend i recommend honestly just doing an intuitive practice where you close your eyes and you get grounded and start to visualize your chakras you could look up a photo online and maybe and just sense like is there is there a chakra that maybe color wise and even if you kind of don't see anything it's black or whatever see if there's anything intuitive where you could use your hand and start to um See if there's any heat, you feel any heat. Maybe there's an area that you want to give more attention to. If your heart feels like it needs more attention, start to um, associate with that color and look into it. Like really um, encouraging to be your own guide with it. Yeah, I love that. 
I was doing like a guided, I guess a meditation with focus on like chakras on YouTube the other night because I just felt like this pressure in my head and it wasn't a headache, but I was like, something feels so weird. And my friend was like, I think you're blocked. Like a little, something might be like a little bit blocked or trying to open up. And he sent me a video and yeah. And then he sent me like some breath work and stuff like that to do. Yeah. And so as I was doing that, like I can feel, I had like my crystals, I had like the whole thing going, you know, and I could feel like such vibration like around my head. And I guess it was like my third eye or sixth yeah. chakra, right? Yeah. And it was like the color white, like I could just see like white. Wow. And I did it for like maybe 20 minutes. And I don't know what outcome I was looking for. I was just trying to like focus inward, you know. And I mean, the little pressure went away. I don't know why or how, but like it was gone. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And that's why I love this because I, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like, oh, I have a headache. Let me take Advil. Totally. You know, I just was like, okay, maybe it's something like energetic. And like I said, I have a one-year-old and <laughs> it's like a little stressful sometimes. No kidding. So, you know, <laughs> I always try to personally, the mornings are my time. Mm-hmm. I, she doesn't like, she's the worst sleeper ever. She does not sleep. She wakes up at like 4.30, 5 o'clock every day. And it's it's bad <laughs> but I make sure every single morning like while I'm getting her ready while I'm feeding her everything I light my incense I brush my teeth mm-hmm. I scrape my tongue I have my whole little routine or like my rituals I journal every single morning no matter what she can cry for two seconds yeah you know what I mean oh and like I have to do that like there's no there's no option because if I'm not taking care of myself then she's the one who suffers you know Oh my gosh, can we have that on loudspeaker broadcast? (laughs) I know, right? That's what I wish I could just like tell everybody. And I'm like, I'm a new mom. I never planned on having a kid. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like (laughs) figuring it out, you know? But I just intuitively, I know that that's what needs to be done. Like I'm the one who does all the cooking and all the cleaning. And that's fun. I love doing that. It gives me so much joy to do that. But like you said, you have to take care of yourself or you're going to, start to have those problems and all of a sudden you're going to have a hormone imbalance that you totally you never had before and your daughter like whether we realize or not we're they're always watching whether it's just verbal and, and a lot we know it's all these non-physical cues and if and if a woman sees you know when she grows up that her mother no matter what prioritized her self-care yeah how inspiring is that yeah. because most of us saw the opposite like martyrs right. to everyone else and then and then, you know, they, these women end up having other hormone imbalances, really hard time with menopause, and just, like, not this, like, the woman that they know they could be and having yeah. depression later on, right? And so yeah. I seriously acknowledge you for you. putting yourself in that way because when you do, your daughter gets to be fueled by that. Right. Yeah. And I feel like some of that is a reason why she, even though doesn't sleep, <laughs> has like a, a good temperament throughout the day. Like she's happy, mm-hmm. she's playful. But can we talk a little bit about um, perimenopause and menopause? Because I feel yeah. like we don't like talk about that enough. Yeah. Like we talk about like young women and their hormone problems and stuff. But I wonder like, is my mom going through something? Like, you know what I mean? Do you see the same types of issues in, in women of menopause age? Definitely. So, and you're right, it is, there's such slim information out there about menopause. And so, yeah, perimenopause is right before we get into menopause. And that's where women will start to um, see more spaces in between their cycles, maybe start to increase a little bit of hot flashes, a little bit of vaginal dryness, 
But the thing is, it, it, it can be mild. Just like, you know, when you experience your cycle or, or right before your cycle, some women have it mild and some don't. And the more imbalanced we are, the more that you have PMS now, the more that a woman is going to uh, suffer really in her menopausal years because it's the mm -hmm. same thing that carries over. Yeah. And then when we have that, then there is an increased chance of other more serious conditions if that's not checked from the start. Okay. So this might be a really dumb question, but do our menopausal women put on birth control? Good question. So not necessarily. Um, a lot of the time they're put on, um, so it could be progesterone. A lot of the time is progesterone, sometimes even DHEA, mm -hmm. um, sometimes um, estrogen as well. So any sort of uh, hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. Though I don't always see that going very well for women. Sometimes they go completely like nuts with it, um, yeah. gain a bunch of weight as well. Um, and really what happens is our hormones decline. So estrogen is at its lowest. Then that can also, because estrogen creates um, glowing skin and beautiful hair. And, um, and so women, because of that, experience vaginal dryness, okay, if they're lower estrogen. But there are foods, for example, that a woman could eat and more self-care techniques supporting the adrenals to mm -hmm. have it be so difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Like I said, I feel like I never read or see or hear anything about that. Yeah, so. and and one thing too I want to add is um, cult like spiritually as well. We we think of, you know, back during our matriarchal society, women in menopause were the most powerful. They were the most respected in the mm -hmm. whole community, the most powerful because it. They say it takes it takes until menopause for a woman to reach her full power. And now we've have it in some weird way flipped that like we don't pe people don't pay as much attention to uh, postmenopausal women. Yeah. They don't pay attention to themselves as much. But this is the the time to be the wise woman to embody that and we um, and really take on the archetype of of this queen who is yeah. really um, able to take on her power. She does not have to go through any of the cleansing or the ups and downs as, as uh, a woman in her fertile years. Right. Do. So she can really just step into her like womanly power. Totally. That yeah. is the time. And it's, yeah. I think as a culture, we must begin to educate women on like, this is the time where you're like the most powerful. And this is the time to really look forward to, um, and be seen as a wise woman. But I think so much of the time, because women are depleted of energy, depleted of their radiance, they get to that point and it's just like their their light has been dimmed. And at any point, this a woman could be listening to this at 14 or at 67 or 87 and still embody this. And again, yeah. it comes down to the three chakras. Those are the three chakras, especially that we need to hone in on to um, open up. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's so important, I think. Um, I have like a million questions for you. <laughs> um, thyroid. I feel like that's another one. It's like PCOS and thyroid are what I always hear mm -hmm. about um, among my like friends and family. Mm -hmm. um, so, And I feel like more prevalently I see hypothyroidism. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's like an actual statistic, but um, is there something that you can pinpoint or a few things that you can pinpoint as to what causes that? you know, more than other things. Yeah. So um, what happens when we are, 
releasing cortisol. And this, obviously, this is not like, again, a tiger is chasing us. It's the thought of, is this person better than me? Am I good enough? Or my boss is this, or I am overwhelmed at home. Those thoughts create cortisol. And so when we're having an excess of it, it actually takes away from the body creating thyroid stimulating hormone. Mm. And this regulates our body temperature, our weight, our mood, our energy. And so um, just going back to the energetics again of it, uh, hypo also comes from not speaking up, not creating value in your own voice. Mm -hmm. And so that ends up stagnating and then we end up being, so I, I always look at like hypo and hyper, what else is being slowed down in your life? Mm, what okay. else is um, not being communicated? And so really looking into, yeah, again, foundation of gut health and cortisol for both. And the hyper, a lot of Hashimoto's is, is um, right. big out there as well. And that is a complex condition, but it's also when our immune system is too high. And then when we look at that, the, the body's attacking itself. Where else energetically, spiritually? Because I do truly believe that everything is, is the inside out. Like if it's just, ew, there's no one outer condition and something else is not going on the inside. Where are we attacking ourselves? Mm. Um, where are we feeling like we're not good enough and it's a constant um, record that's going on in our mind? Yeah. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, no, definitely. So do you see, based on what you recommend to women, um, as far as like diet or lifestyle or anything, um, with maybe hypothyroidism or another thyroid problem, do you see that being reversed? Yeah, absolutely. So a big thing that's missing in hypothyroid as well as selenium. Yep. Um, so you can get this in Brazil nuts, but again, Brazil nuts don't have as much selenium as we used to have. Um, and that's a big thing, removing any heavy metals, okay? So um, chlorine, fluoride, all these things in the water are also going to add, um, be attached to your thyroid in this way as well. So we mm -hmm. clean our body with um, the of these heavy metals. So we could either, again, start with filtered water. Chlorella um, helps to remove heavy metals. Spirulina, if you really feel like if you have mercury, mercury amalgams as well, I would go see naturopath and you can begin a chelation uh, process as well. Mm -hmm. Is iodine another good one for that? Iodine, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you have yeah. much of it too, that could be an issue, but um, having seaweeds like dulse, seaweed, kelp, yeah. Um, all of these kinds of things are, are really important. We don't really get them in our diet. It's just not a North American thing. Yeah. And uh, and so yeah, and vegetables in general. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And so I wouldn't necessarily recommend um, supplementing with only iodine, but again, getting in whole foods. Yeah. Yeah. Is that I'm sure that's something you recommend just across the board, right? Like whole foods, less processed yeah. foods, less sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Not cutting anything out. And like you said before, it's everybody's afraid of carbs, right? So like, mm -hmm. but if you don't have carbs, you don't have vegetables, you don't have starchy uh, vegetables, you don't have fiber, like, exactly, which is, oh I think the root of health, like you have to have fiber. I'm like obsessive fiber. <laughs> it's so true. And that's the thing where it's just like, people will watch like a documentary or see a random Facebook post about the keto diet, for example. And right. a lot of the time people don't realize like, that was the keto diet was created 
for epileptic children. Right. Like that's the origin of it. And it does help with some people for sure with blood sugar balance and weight loss and feeling better. But then again, if you look at long term, like anything right. that's just like this fad is not is to be questioned. And there right. might be anything some that will help you lose weight but not help your long term health. Yeah. Isn't really like great <laughs> in my true. opinion. Like, that's the thing. I, I just saw the other day on Facebook talk about their keto diet and there was a piece of meat and uh, some guacamole. And I was like, sweet. Like, like how are, how is your digestion? How's your elimination? How's that going to be long-term? I didn't say that, but it just yeah. seems. Yeah. Someone... I mean, from what I understand, you need diversity in your diet. You need diversity in your food and that's what um, contributes to gut health and that's what contributes yeah. to health, you yeah. know? It's so simple. It's so, so simple. But unfortunately, uh, you know, where we live, you know, in the world we live in, it's all about a quick fix. So, you know, like I said, people think if they could lose weight, then all their problems will be solved. (laughs) Right. That's the thing. And so that's why I look, I'm like, what, what, like, what are the areas? It's like, is it, is it your relationship? Is it your purpose in life? Like, what are those things um, that would be solved if you lost weight or if you had this challenge, uh, health challenge out of the way. And so, like, if we work on that first and then things end up reversing, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Like, the problems that we, and a part of it is life is just one challenge to the next. It's sure. like, <laughs> that's the inevitable. But then if there's things that are persistent, there, it, it is, it does connect back to our, you know, emotional eating, for example, mm-hmm. you know? With the people you see, your clients, do you operate online or do you have an actual space? I have always done my practice online, so it's yeah. really helped in the past few months. <laughs> I was going to say, currently, I'm sure you're doing, you're fine. Um, yeah. But with your clients, so how does it, is it a big challenge for you to get them to look at their whole life and not just give them like a diet or a calorie breakdown? Because, um, you know, I think we were talking a little bit about like everybody thinks that like calories in, calories out, that's all that matters, you know? Is it hard for you to get people to kind of break down that wall that they've built, like, this is what it is, this is what it is, you know, and kind of reassess their whole life? Really good question. Um, I do preface when people book a discovery call, I'm like, we're going to look at every of your life. And a lot of the time, it's not going to be about nutrition. Like, yeah. nutrition's an aspect. And so um, I do preface people that to work with me, that's what we're going to look at as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I do have um, a recent client who's just like, nope, like I just want the thing that's going to help with my skin and, um, you know, and then we look at her lifestyle and she's a really busy mom staying up past midnight every day to do her work and she's not eating throughout the day. And, um, and so, yeah, sometimes I'll have a client who's resistant to looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, it is my job to also like really make sure that people know that this is more of like a coaching as well as nutrition. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can't always just say eat this in this amount and you're, you're, I got you. Yeah. It's doing people a disservice because I know at the end of the day, whatever symptom that is coming up in their life is, is really um, asking to be wrapped and and opened up. And, um, and I know, I think people also kind of come to me knowing that that's going to uh, happen just based on my content as well. Right. If they look into you and they say, okay, she's a holistic nutritionist and she practices that, you know, this or that, they're going to know that they're not getting like just a sheet. A meal plan. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's also important too, because, and this is why I love holistic, um, practices of all kinds because it helps people help themselves like you don't want to have to work with somebody forever you want to teach them and like I always think of people I work with not as clients but as students like yeah you know you want to be able to teach them to do this and then to raise their kids to do that or tell their friends to do that and that's like the most hope I could have for like a more healthy society that's the thing I tell people I'm like I want you to like never need me again or yeah. just like not questions obviously but yeah yeah like, you know, we work together you understand your body why things are happening and then it's like yeah you go like do your good in the world from there yeah do you see people who um are like exercising to the extreme to try to, lo- to lose weight yes I sure do yeah My weight loss clients are the hardest working people. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are doing hit like four times a week, the boot camp classes all month long. And when really our um, ovulatory phase and like a little bit before and after are the best times to do those really intense workouts. Mm-hmm. But then our body is also designed at different times to build more muscle, to go on those long runs versus the short runs. Yeah. And and it ends up backfiring because then again, it pumps out cortisol and the body's like, ah, I'm in survival mode. We must retain all the food that we can, we can get. And yeah, so yeah, so yeah it's, it's funny. Again, hardest working people I know are the ones who want to lose weight and they're doing the really, really intense stuff. Yeah, that's basically what I was doing. Like I was like, why am I all of a sudden, am I gaining weight? Like I'm training so hard six days a week, two hours a day. Yep. eating my rice and my broccoli and my beef yep. and like oh, yep. all these things and I knew I was stressed I could feel that stress but I didn't realize that it was like not letting my body let go of weight exactly exactly you know? oh so I, I always say that like getting pregnant totally saved me because that's what made me just stop like and I I mean I guess I worked out a little bit but I was completely sick and just puking every day in my pregnancy for nine months oh so God. I couldn't really work out but um it totally reset me but and I during the time that I was pregnant and even after I started to realize like okay I was not doing myself any service by training that hard you know it's tough because like you know um, and sometimes we we like it I'm the same way and like I again I went from zero exercise to doing Spartans and um like Tough Mudder all these kind of stuff but I remember I was also at a point where I was training too hard yeah and I'm like what the heck? I'm like, why am I? Why do I look the same? Why am I not losing weight? And it was really discouraging. I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. So, um, we get to like tap into that pleasure, tap into that relaxation state. The body is not in survival mode because then it's like, okay, I don't need to have this anymore. Yeah. You know. Um. Can we talk about sleep for a second? Yeah. Do you go over sleep with your clients? Definitely. Because I find personally, if I don't sleep, and like I said, my daughter's not a great sleeper. And luckily, her dad, like we trade off and like we try to make sure we get rest. But I know if I don't sleep well, my stomach is like a mess. Like I'm bloated. I just forget tired. Like I can't eat the next day, you know? Yeah. 100%. It's because our, our again, our, our cortisol goes up. Yeah. And then our leptin and ghrelin for like, for, it, it depends on each person. For some people, right. You said it's gonna be bloating for some people. If I don't sleep, I'm gonna be cranky and I'm gonna be hungry yeah. and I'm gonna yeah. want food that I don't normally eat. 
And yeah. so sleep is a big thing. A lot of people are, you know, if it's like watching TV or on their phone, like right before going to bed, that's a big, big thing. Yeah. Or not having something that preps them for bed, just this beautiful ritual. It could be five, 10 minutes, something that tells your body, okay, I'm safe now, I'm going to go rest, you know? Yeah. It's so important to do that. And like, I've recently learned that just because by the time I get my daughter to bed, it's like the chaos of the day is finally done. And like, I don't even want to watch TV. A lot of times um, her dad and I will just go outside and just like stand outside for a little while now that it's warm out because it just helps us to kind of like decompress and just like exhale a little bit, you know? Exactly. Because otherwise we're going to be in bed doing that and their mind is going to be racing. Yeah. You know? We have no trouble. We lay down and we pass out. Like we're... <laughs> done like we're not the type to be like up with our minds racing because a we're exhausted but because we kind of like let ourselves unwind like at yeah. the end of the night exactly. so yeah we've definitely learned through having her that like you have to take care of yourself like above all and that includes everything and I, like i said I, this is so important to me because i think it's more important than anything for people not just women but everybody to be able to assess their whole life and say like like lay out your whole day Mm -hmm. and say like what am I doing each day what can I spend less time on more time on what can I focus on more you know and see how that goes rather than always looking for like a pillow procedure to to fix everything exactly I love that you say it like that yeah and not that I, I mean obviously medicine has its place no knock against that but I think there's so much that we can heal I don't take like Sometimes I'm like, I have a headache. And then I'm like, should I take some Excedrin? And I'm like, no, let me do my peppermint oil and go for a walk. And like, <laughs> totally. That's, you know. a, that's a big thing too. And, and here's another is, is um, a lot of us are really great doers. Like I am most lit up when I'm productive. Like I don't have, I, I sometimes think even productivity can be like seen as a bad thing. And I'm like, no, I'm put on this earth to get shit done. And yeah. so, the thing is when we're too much in our masculine energy, which is like the go, 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 the do, and that actually manifests as tension, like our headaches with too much in our head, shoulder pain, neck pain, right? And so yeah. that's also something that we're not really taught. It's like, oh, here you go to the doctor. Actually, you should be more in your feminine and use some peppermint oil and go for a walk, you know? Yeah. It, it's And that's another thing. That's why I really think the new way of medicine or wellness is, okay, you're too, oh, this is the signs of that you're being in your masculine. You have a lot of headaches in your head. Let's go do something that is a feminine approach and receiving and being. And Yeah. yeah. It's so funny that you say that because I've been doing so much like reading and thinking about this for the whole past year because – like I said, beforehand, I was a strong man, strong woman, competitor, lifting stones and kegs and just go, go, go completely in my masculine energy all the time. I never knew that because I didn't even know what that was. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then after I had the baby, I mean, do you have kids? Not yet. Yeah. So like, I obviously I softened up. I'm breastfeeding. I'm like, my whole like life is different. And uh, it's beautiful and it's amazing. But one of my friends said to me once, he's like, you know, your energy is totally different now. And I'm first, I'm like, well, of course it is, dude. I have a baby. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> and then I started really thinking about it and talking to other people. And um, I don't remember what made me realize. I'm like, wow, I'm so in my feminine energy right now. Like, because when I was pregnant, I'm like, I can't wait to go back to training and this and that. And once I was cleared to work out, I had no interest in picking up a barbell or anything heavy. I'm like, this is so weird. It was almost an identity crisis. I was like, what is going on? 
Yeah. You know, and then I realized I'm like, okay, well, I've made a shift energetically. Like that's all it is, and this is where I, I'm needed in the world right now. You oh, know, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got goosebumps when I realized that I was like such a like a a metamorphosis for me. Like I always say, mm-hmm. um, when I talk to people about it, I'm like, wow, that really makes so much sense. Like I'm a mom now. Like obviously, I'm more in my feminine energy. I have to sit with her and read to her, and I can't just be in the gym or whatever like all mm-hmm. the time. Oh yeah. my gosh, I love that. And it's so funny because um, another thing I, I despised growing up was dancing. And what, and then um, years ago, I took a dance class. I, um, I saw, I went, I just saw the sign. It was like any age, any shape, whatever, whatever. And I always thought to dance, you had to be a ballerina. Like you had to look like a ballerina. Yeah. And so I just went to this class and there was this girl and it was a heels class and she was just beautiful and full body but just so not but but like I mean because I just thought if you had to look a certain way and right. she was so embodied and beautiful and confident and I thought I want to be like her yeah and so I started dancing and I was not able to go to the gym for a bit because it felt so linear and repetitive and yeah and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, no, I love the gym. I need to get, I need to fix this somehow. But then now I've really learned to balance that dance as well. Yeah. Like belly dancing, reggaeton, all of that. Yeah. And the gym. But if before, yeah. it's just one. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you see results with the gym, you're like, well, this is the only way I'm going to be fit. Like, oh, how can I? Exactly. But I started doing more yoga and things like that. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm just as fit, I guess, as I was. Maybe I'm not as physically strong, but, like, I don't really need that right now totally you know so and it's so cool it is so cool and I find that the way that we move reflects our our mind too like really does and I I love that you say that it's so true when you're in that more receptive feminine mode are people people notice people notice the energy yeah yeah I, I I guess it was visible I didn't realize it but I guess I was just like more quiet I don't know whatever <laughs> whatever it was it was meant to be but <laughs> It was a really cool thing to figure out. And it kind of opened my eyes to like a whole new world, honestly. I love so, that. Yeah. And it helps me be aware. And like I said, my whole goal with everything I do is to help people be aware of their own health and kind of like mm. be accountable for it and not always look for a quick fix. Like I'm a personal trainer and just a quick example. I have a client who always has an issue. She's got like a shoulder problem. I love her. We're very good friends, but a knee problem, this or that. And I'm like, you need to like de-stress like she's Mm -hmm. the most stressed out person ever and her kids are a little older so I'm like you know you can have that alone time she's a teacher I'm like you could take this a little part of the summer and go to the beach by yourself like you just do anything to unwind and I think you're holding a lot of stuff in your physical body from your mental you know and she's very like no 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 I'm going to the doctor he's gonna fix it (laughs) and she comes back from the doctor I'm like what do you say And she's like, well, he told me to do these exercises. I'm not going to do that. I just thought he would help me. And I'm like, oh, I just want to shake you and tell you, like, just commit to it. Just do it. Like, I know it's in there. I think there's always that fear of that unknown of that empty space. It's um, and just like, yeah, like beliefs that something outside of us is going to fix us. And yeah. 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 And it's also like guilt, like taking time for yourself and to say, okay, well, I got to do my shoulder exercises now. Leave me alone for five minutes, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Wow. This has been so good. I feel like I can ask you a thousand more questions, but I'll, I'll leave it alone for now. (laughs) Is there anything else that you want to share that you think people should know or anything that you feel like we missed? 
Ah, uh, you asked really great questions, and I I truly believe that the more that we empower ourselves as not only women but as human beings, the more that we're able to um, really thrive in life. And if anyone is like has a persistent um, symptom, I want you to ask yourself, what benefit am I getting from this? Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's even if it's allergies, you always get cold, like a cold all the time. Is it the fact that you get a benefit because people are caring for you? Are you, are your kids visiting more? Are you being protected by something um, or you get out of something that you don't want to be doing, right? So looking at the benefits and seeing if that actually still serves you Mm -hmm. and other ways to support yourself in that way. Um, And if anyone wants to find out more, and like really uncover the mind body and holistic nutrition aspect I am on Instagram yeah give us your Instagram anywhere we can find you <laughs> uh, I'm at underscore luscious living underscore or my website at www.selenebilgan.com um, and yeah the spelling is a little different but I'm sure that'll be on the show notes yeah I'll put it on the show notes and I'll put it on Instagram and all that good stuff yeah, I also yeah. have a painless period guide. It goes oh. over like why women have cramps or feel nauseous or anything like that. It's completely free. You can find that That's on my great. website too. I'm definitely going to download that <laughs> to share among my friends. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh, it's been so fun being with you, Kelly. Thank you so much, Celine. This has been great. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, again, if you like the episode, please go on to Apple Podcasts, give me a rating, a review, some comments, even suggestions for some future shows you'd like to hear. I hope you all have a great week, are feeling good, are enjoying your summer, and I will see you guys next week.